Dave, what's on your spirit? What's going on? Um, life is good. Life is okay. Life is slowly returning to normal after weeks of lockdown. Kind, yeah. kind of? Sort of, but also it will never be normal again. No, it will never be normal again. And that's probably uh, for the best. Ultimately, we are uh, discovering a new normal. Um, I am discovering, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, Matt McConkie. What is it? Um, that I live around the corner from not only Jackson and Brittany from Vanderpump mm. Rules. I'd like to talk about them, actually, but we'll circle back. Continue. Uh, he did. He did uh, speed past our house the other day on like a cooler with an engine. A cooler like, with an oh, oh yeah, literally it was like a an cooler? ATV, but like the seat was a giant cooler, and he kind of zipped past and gave a little gave a little wave as as he passed. So I was like, you know, that's Jacks being Jacks, and we just that's that right. Happen. Oh um, but I also uh, have just discovered that I live around the corner from alt right superstar Ben Shapiro. Really? Yeah. Guy How did you Twitter discover right now that? Getting all upset because uh, the Supreme Court said that the, you can't discriminate us in employment. Oh um, wow! Yeah, I did passed you, by how did you him, pass by him on a Saturday as uh, as he was out walking with his family, and I passed and I said, "That looks like Ben Shapiro. That can't be Ben Shapiro." And then I turned around and passed him again, and it was absolutely Ben Shapiro. And then because I I was. I had then reversed course from where I needed to go. I had to turn around and pass Ben Shapiro again. So uh, I de- it is it is triply confirmed. So and now that I've established it, I now see him everywhere I go. Ben Shapiro, I oh, I was going to say I wouldn't have recognized him, but I would absolutely. There's no not. There's no yeah. getting around uh, absolute this face. Yeah, yeah, absolute shit weasel um, who um, doesn't believe trans people exist. So I don't I don't exactly know what to do. I mean, he's not invited to the front yard, I can tell you that. Oh, he's absolutely not. And you know what? If he drives by on a cooler, you won't be waving to him. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um not exactly sure how to how to solve a problem like Ben Shapiro, but uh but he is in the neighborhood. So that's wow. That's my news for the week. Uh how's about you? Oh. I have no news, but you, I have, it's, I have been thinking way more than I should about Jax and Brittany and the Vanderpump rules people, obviously, because okay. uh, we're recording this in advance. This will be old news, but you know, Stassi and Kristen from Vanderpump rules, as I'm sure you heard were fired. They yes. pulled this like uh, horrific racist stunt against a fellow cast member a long time ago. It uh, has sort of resurfaced and th- rightfully so they're fired. The, the problem with the premise of firing them is that it it implies that well every as far as we know all the cast members of Vanderpump Rules uh, are people with like integrity who are not They've racist or bigoted in some way yeah. yeah which is so obscene and the thing that a lot of people have been pointing out is that there was a, a big storyline this summer, this season about Jackson Brittany's pastor for their wedding you know it was Brittany's pastor from Kentucky, who, of course, uh, was a complete um, homophobe and transphobic monster. And, uh, and and tweets came out and it, it all sort of, you know, came out during the course of filming and they dropped him and they got Lance Bass to marry them instead. And it was all good. But the thing that no one has pinned them down on, even in the reunion, is that they it was it's very clear that they knew that this pastor was a monster 
long before any of this happened. It had been pointed out to them. There are receipts all over the internet. Plenty of other people have done a deep dive on this and it's all, it's all findable. Um, but they've sort of skated by on this idea that like they, as soon as they found out, they, they dropped him and it's clearly bullshit. And so I guess I'm just saying if, if suddenly Bravo only cares about, uh, you know, uh, giving a, a platform to people who are not bigoted assholes, they're going to have to do a better house cleaning than oh, what they have done. A, a vigorous, a, a movie theater in the time of COVID style cleaning, a, uh, a, a group workout setting in coronavirus yeah. style cleaning. Yeah, I was not uh, aware that anyone on Vanderpump Rules was not uh, a doomed soul. Uh, enjoying their last few moments of life before spending eternity in hell. I, I didn't know that anyone on that show was someone you would root for. Yeah, that seems to be what they're pretending at the moment, which is just absurd. Also yeah. worth mentioning that um, Billy Lee, who has been on the show, who you know was the only trans cast member ever on Vanderpump Rules, and she's divisive for other reasons, but she has been very vocal on Twitter that Jax refused to film with her simply because she was trans. So for all these reasons, it's like, well, why the, why are we pretending that we fired the, the only two, uh, hate to use the term, but bad apples. They got to go. They all got to go. They have to go. They all have to go. Uh, A a complete and utter top to bottom house cleaning at, at the sexy, unique restaurant, please. Um, and but I, I don't know. I, I am willing to believe that um, that that Sandoval and Ariana are good eggs. Uh, and mm. are there any others? Maybe Dana, one of the new kids. You don't even know who these people are. Um, you know, I tried. I really did try. I tried with the last episode of this season because I heard there was a lot of drama, and I got about five minutes in, and I just I, I can't. Like this is. I feel like I'm. I, if I were, if all of it were happening at the next table over at a restaurant, I would ask to be moved. So I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to invite it into my home. I don't love it. The last thing I'll say about Vanderpump Rules, and I know most people have tuned out by now, but this will be the last rant that we do about this for a long time. I promise. Another oh, thing that was was covered this season is that they, that there was a prank that was pulled wherein cops showed up at a party they were having and arrested Tom Sandoval pretended to arrest him. And it was only after he's like put into the back of the car that they realized like they're just actors and it was a big elaborate prank. They all love to prank each other. Ha ha ha. And Katie is, I think the only cast member who's like, guys, this isn't fucking funny. Do you not, are, are you not watching the news? Are you not? And, and, Keep in mind, they filmed this a while ago, and she was the only person in this sea of white idiots to be like, do you realize <laughs> that making a joke of this is in such incredible poor taste? And her husband uh, was so upset that she deigned to call anyone out for this that he's he's like, oh, this is ugh, so, this is why I don't have sex with her. He Like, he was so revolted by her attempt at, lightly calling out this like uh complete sort of racist blindness that they're all guilty of um so he's got to go too i guess is what i'm every saying. single one of them every single one of them get them the fuck off of my television I, not that they're ever on it but get them off it um our guest this week is uh canadian dreamboat 
a Canadian idol, if you will. He Not is literally. a Canadian idol. But he is. Um, absolutely funny, dreamy. Um, uh, just a, a joy to talk to. I felt my blood pressure go down. Same. And as uh, as he told us, he is the first uh, black, queer, Canadian comedian to release a comedy album, which seems wild. Uh, and it is out. out it is Capricornication, and it is very funny, and so is he. Brandon Ash Muhammad, coming up on Homophilia after the break. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Brandon Ash Muhammad. Hello, Brandon. Hi, how are you? I, it's so I, nice to meet you, Dave. Okay. So nice. Good to meet you, Brandon. Where are we talking um, to you? Where are you coming to us from? Yeah. You are talking to me from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh-huh. Oh, what's the From a glamorous, the a glamorous, glamorous podcast life. bunker. Yes, in my with my little curtain that I've been doing. Uh-huh. I've been doing Zoom shows. So I have like a yeah. little orange curtain. We named her Fanta. Oh, and I yeah, I've just been doing, I did a show in, that was in San Francisco yesterday. That was fun. Oh, nice. Wow. What yeah. was is your, what was it? It was for yeah. this organization called Oasis and they're a law firm that specialize in the, um, like asylum seeking, like a, for LGBT um, asylum seekers, and they win 99% of the cases, and they do it all pro bono or for free. Yeah. All right. Awesome. How is it for you doing uh, stand-up shows with no audience reaction whatsoever? I honestly thought I was going to hate it. And I, oh, I, I honestly thought I was going to hate it, but I actually like it way more. Yeah? And it's oh, because really? I... I think it's because I have intimacy issues. So whenever I would do shows at like a bar or something and I would see the audience and be able to see their faces, I would get so nervous and I would always constantly pull back. But now I'm just like, oh, I'm just speaking into the camera. I just remember what like in like um, what Tammy Faye said in her documentary where she was like, oh, I look at the camera and I see and I know there's like millions of people there. And I'm like, that's what I, what I think. Oh, I like that. Wow. Yeah, That's a good attitude. So you've really, you found your medium. I feel like I'm finding my medium. Not that it was, not that stand-up it was my your medium, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's a whole new level. Yeah. Um, what is your neighborhood in Toronto? So my neighborhood in Toronto is called Mount Dennis. It is Weston and Eglinton. It is famous for being, um, it's also right next to this area called Forest Hill. And it's famous for being um, one of the, the I guess like birth spots or like spots where Drake grew up. That's what it's it's oh, known for. That's what it's known for. I think he you went ever to my see- daycare. Oh, oh really? I'm sorry. I think he Why went to my daycare. Why do you daycare. think that? Okay, because when I was a kid, I went to this daycare and there was this kid named Aubrey and he was a little bit older than me. And I remember there was this incident where they were making peanut butter balls and he came into the class and then like ran out and ran home because he lived near the daycare and then he was like mom they're making shit balls they're making shit balls and then his like mom came to the daycare and was like what's going on here my son told me you guys are making shit balls this is disgusting and they're like no we're making peanut butter balls but i don't know if it was him or not but, but I how remember many that. aubrey's like could him. there be how many aubrey's the could there have been yeah wow i can believe it was him so we are recording this the morning that the new dave Chappelle 
special has dropped on YouTube. Have you watched it yet? I have not watched it. I did not watch it. Okay. I haven't watched any of his stand up specials in a, in a long time. Yeah. Well, are you? I'm, are it's you not that I'm not a fan of his work. Um, I don't know. I just like, I don't know. Sometimes like, I feel like as a gay comedian, there's just like a lot of comedians and I feel like I don't, if you can't like speak to me, that I don't really want to, like, hear what you have to say. Like, I don't want to constantly hear this perspective of this, like, kind of just, like, straight man just, like, talking about shit that I don't always relate to. Especially as a gay black man, I'm just, like... Yeah, understandable. Um, What are you you consuming, like, pop culture-wise in in, uh, quarantine? What are you watching? I have been watching a lot of Disney Plus. I have been watching all of old, all of Lindsay Lohan's old Disney movies. Um, so that is like so Life we're... Size with Tyra Banks. Oh, um, oh Parent God, Trap. Oh my God. I forgot all about it. You, you forgot should... about Life Size. I didn't know about Life Size. So Freaky Friday certainly is in there. Freaky Friday. Oh my gosh, Freaky Friday. Yes, with Miss Jamie Lee. Uh-huh. Of course. The Freaky Friday movies have given us our husky-voiced, soft butch goddesses. Have they? Yeah, I know. I was watching the first one. I was what? Yeah, I was watching the first one with um, what's her name? What's her name? Jodie Foster. Yes, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. With Jodie Foster, and I was just like, how did we not know that she was gay? How did we not know? She was such a tomboy. She was such Such a a tomboy, and I was just like, she. How did we not know? I loved it. I we, only, we knew on a cellular we level. We knew. Because I was just like, in this whole movie, I've just been like, I'm just like, something's going uh, on here. Something's yeah. going on here. Uh-huh. Disney um, Plus, are you worth a, it? <laughs> yeah, we, we just, sorry. <laughs> we had weird We're Zoom, listen, that. Zoom is a miracle. Yeah. Zoom is a miracle unto the Lord. However, it also gets stuttery sometimes. Uh, what were we saying, Matt? Uh, I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> go ahead. Please. <laughs> my connection is terrible. Please go. My, my question was, is Disney plus worth it? It is one. I'm I not like it. To. If you like the, if you want to relive your childhood, if you're or whatever, it's worth it. Um, I like it. It's really the main app that I've been consuming. So yeah. Great. See, my childhood was when Disney, got dark like the black hole and the watcher in the woods and like they they went into they branched into horror briefly and that was oh i didn't know that and they would occasionally re-release like snow white and things like that every every few years they would re-release or fantasia or whatever but yeah like the late 70s they were like let's be a grown-up company that did not last and then i did not know that because i didn't know that they ever what what are the disney's no, 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 go ahead. Oh, I didn't know that they did anything dark because right now they're trying to relaunch shows from my childhood, like um, the Liz, like Lizzie McGuire, and they don't want right. to put it on, on Disney because it's too adult for Disney. Right. Yeah. She might swear. She, she might, might have, swear. She There's going to be a gay cocktail. character, I heard. That's what I heard. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. They, they don't want to talk about sex. Have you... I, yeah. yeah. I, I actually don't even know if it's out yet. Love, Victor? Oh, that love Victor, be a, the, the a little love Simon. I heard that the they're going to Hulu. Simon. I heard they're going to Hulu. Yeah, they are. That's right. I don't know if it, is it out yet. I haven't. Even, it's I not. It's know. out in like a week. Well, at the time of recording okay. this, it's out next week. Okay, fair enough. 
Um, what else did you grow up on? What were what were the what were the Disney's of your youth? Um, there was Zoe 101 with Jamie uh-huh. Lee, J- Jamie Lynn Spears, not Jamie Lee Spears. Um, That's a Raven is my favorite show. It's still uh-huh. in my favorite show. Um, Lizzie McGuire, even Stevens. Uh, what is this? Little? Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. There's a lot of like weird shows from this. Hannah Montana. Of course. Sure. Hannah Montana. Icon Hannah Montana. We miss her. Um, yeah. She's I, coming back. Honestly, too, just I thought for a moment. Miley coming back or is Hannah coming back? I heard back? Hannah Montana's coming back, but it's not coming back with Miley Cyrus. They're going to like recast it or something. And I was just like, how can you do that? I, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about Zoe 101, it occurred to me, Jamie, Jamie Lynn Spears' kid has got to be in college. Yeah, know, she's right? like, she's probably almost like, yeah, in high school now. Because that was like 2000 and was, well, that was like 2009 or 2008. Well, no, maybe oh, she's really? in like grade seven or grade eight. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. I don't like this passage of time nonsense. But it's it was the perfect time. For uh, I remember. A- oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just remember when that mo- when that all happened, that was when Juno came out. And like, it just seemed like perfect timing for that to come yeah. out in that environment for me as a child. I'm just, yeah. Te- the teen mom craze was huge. Yeah. So what is a uh, day in the life in quarantine for you right now? Can you walk us through a, a typical day? Okay, so I'll wake up. I'll go to sleep at like 5. I'll maybe okay. wake up at like at like 5 a.m. Wow. Um, I'll wake up at maybe like 11 or 1, depending on how I feel. Sometimes I'll wake up at 11 and then go back to sleep and wake up at 1. Um, then I'll just like do random things. I'll look up. I'll, I used to watch Bon Appetit a lot, but now I'm not watching Bon Appetit because shit is going on at Bon Appetit. I'm right. not okay with bon that. Bon Appetit is burning down. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'll usually go for a walk, like a like a two or three hour walk, and I'll listen to like an audio book. And then I will go to the grocery or, or buy something and then I'll come, come home. Great. And what's keeping you up until 5 a.m.? Yeah. Just the really? internet. I just me searching for things on the internet, getting into like weird YouTube holes and being like, oh, whatever happened to like this member of En Vogue? Oh, let me find out. <laughs> you can do that now. Yeah. You can absolutely do that. Yeah. I've lost entire days to that and have been for decades. But it's good that you're still keeping stand-up hours so that when yeah. this when we return to normal life, you're still on the normal schedule. I'm like, still gonna be on the normal schedule. I'm still yeah. What's what's your prediction for the return of stand up? When do you think I don't think it's going to happen for I don't think it's going to happen for a while. And I think this is a time where we as comedians are really going to have to learn how to adapt and try to use other forms of social media to still be like viable comedians, I guess. So it's, it's like really a time of like you got to like sink or swim and adapt. Survival of the fittest kind of thing. Right. But I don't know. I feel like it's not going to happen for another year or so. Yeah. No, so when you have audiences for a minute. When you were coming up, who were the, obviously not Chappelle, who were the comedians that, you know, you looked up to? 
like Sarah Silverman, Wanda Sykes, Kathy Griffin, uh, Monique, uh, who else? Um, Rosie O'Donnell. Um, I love like the queens of comedy, like some more, all those people, Cheryl Underwood. Um, I did love Bernie Mac. I did love Bernie Mac. That's fair. And those people. Sounds like you had the same sort of, my sensibility was always like, I, I'm hearing this thing that people think women are funny, and I always thought men weren't funny. And that's what I feel. That's what I have been saying my entire career, where I'm just like, I do not understand what is, am I lost in translation? I don't know. What, yeah, like people talk about, you know, eras of the the great women of SNL. Yeah. And it's like the women have always been the funniest part. They're always SNL, the best like, part. Like, in the beginning. Even like me as a black person, I remember my brothers would be listening to like Jay-Z and Eminem and Lil Wayne. And I'd be like, ooh, Lil Kim, ooh, MC Light. Like I just had always had more interest in the, I guess, the female voice because I feel like it related to me more. And um, I felt like there was more to overcome there. They had more to overcome. And that was like me than these men. And they're allowed to be more expressive. Yeah. Who are your like top three all-time favorite musical artists? Musical artists. Um, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You put me on the spot. Um, Madonna was like my first love in music. Sure. I love Madonna. Um, I'm not thinking... There's so many. Um, Mariah, I love Mariah. And Mariah and Whitney. So Madonna, Mariah, Whitney, like a gay holy trinity. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and Janet. And and Janet. Oh, and Paula Paula Abdul. My mom saw Paula Abdul when she was pregnant with me. So I I feel like a very deep connection to Paula Abdul. Oh, wow. Yeah, she imprinted on you. She imprinted, yeah. In utero. Oh, you know what um, I stumbled across yesterday in my like YouTube rabbit hole is a video from Kids Incorporated, which is you're probably. Oh my god! I've been watching all of the old Kids Incorporated videos. I love. Have you like, seen Martika? I love Martika. Oh, uh, of oh. course. Have, have uh, you seen uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt doing Knocked Out? Paula's Knocked Out. No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't there's, either. There's it's this so little. Wait, I'll you, send you it say. to you. It's so wild. She just. It's exactly like jennifer love hewitt now all of her like little facial it's, yeah. it's such an odd it's like a 40 year old woman yeah. who has shrunken <laughs> down and doing like a weird cover of i love it do you remember when she was supposed to have like she was going to be like the next big music thing and she had that album oh, bare yeah. naked bare and naked. um oh, yeah it was that remember that late Meredith Brooks, I think her name was. I'm a bit uh-huh. like that one. Of course. Um, yeah. She like produced all and wrote all the music for it. And I thought that that she thought that, that I guess they thought that was good. That album was going to blow up and it did not. Didn't I don't quite. know if you guys remember I that. All about that. I don't know if you guys oh, remember yes, that. Do I do now. Do I? Yeah. But um, I'm going to tell you a quick Jennifer Love Hewitt story. Please, please. I please. saw her and her boyfriend at the time at um, Katsuya, which is like a sushi place on Ventura uh-huh. Boulevard in the Valley. And it's got a tiny little waiting room that you have to, there's always a wait for you to get a table. It's an itty bitty tiny place. And the, in the waiting room, there's a little curtain behind which are the restrooms. So her boyfriend was sitting in a chair. She got behind the curtains. They go to the restrooms and kept going to her boyfriend. And like literally doing peekaboo with the curtains and he laughed the first couple of times and then he stopped laughing. And then when he stopped laughing, she like, it nudged him like, I'm being cute. 
keep reacting. <laughs> and she kept going, boo. It was real. Uh, oh, Lord. Anyway, oh, Lord. Beside the point. But I just had to share. Weird there that was she this... was dating a five-year-old, but, you know, this is a different <laughs> yeah. time. I was like, what? Did that... She's bare naked. <laughs> There's this really, really amazing performance I saw on, I was watching on Kids Incorporated the other day, and it's like this little gay black boy. I don't know if he's gay, but he's just singing Who's Zoomin' Who by Aretha Franklin, and they've, like, changed the lyrics to be, like, more kid-friendly. Like, instead of, you're bound to be my lover, it's like, you're bound to be my friend, boy. Oh, and I was just like, ugh. Wow. I, love that. I love the little oh, kids version of man. things. Yeah. Like, do you, you remember a kids bop? I do love some kids bop versions of, of, um, of songs. Like, um, I was listening to, do you remember the song American Boy by Estelle featuring Kanye West? Of course. Yes, yes. Um, so what is the lyric? The lyric is just like, um, something about like a guy being, um, I just met this five step five foot seven guy that's just my type and they changed it to i just met this four foot seven guy that's just my type and i'm just like <laughs> oh, i love that i love that because i love that oh i love it too adorable uh what are you listening to now what's uh what is in your what's in your pandemic playlist what is in my pandemic i i really started listening to like martika again um, so I've been listening. I've been, li- I've been listening to a lot of like Toy Soldiers, Martika's Kitchen. Um, <sighs> I'm also rediscovering Madonna's Madonna again. Mm. Um, so like, we were. I was having a talk with my friends about the Erotica album. So I've been listening to like um, like like uh, some like Madonna deep cuts, like like where where life begins um, in this life. Why is it so hard? Because erotica, I feel like, is kind of like, like people look over it, but it's like it. It is a very good album. Oh yeah, it's a great album. Uh-huh. It's a great. Oh, and where where are yeah, you I, with Madonna today? I feel very weird about her. Like I loved her so much, and she inspired me so much, like as a performer. But she's just like I don't know if it's necessarily. She is kind of like an out of touch white woman sometimes. Well, a lot of the time, and I'm like I don't know if it's like because she's an out-of-touch white woman, or it's just because she's lived in this, like, very rich bubble for so long that she's completely lost touch with everything. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. She she is, 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 she does get shit on for things that yeah. are so dumb that, you know, that we, people aren't allowing her to age. People, yeah, you know, I think... But there's this thing within, like, the Madonna fan community where it's like, we're not allowed to questions some yeah. of her you know what i'm saying yeah when she calls her son the the n-word and i was just like oh, yeah. lord lord not great yeah yeah bathing in milk and uh flowers in this moment in history <laughs> not the oh, best i love that. when she did that that was that was too much she was just like coronavirus is the great <laughs> equalizer that feels like five <laughs> years ago yeah <laughs> i know it does yeah So what is happening in your dating life during the pandemic? Okay, so I'm I'm in a relationship, 
but and I was staying with him for a while while this all of all of this was happening. But he lives in like a studio apartment, and it was it got became too much. So I was just like, oh, I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna go stay with my grandmother. So I've just been staying with my grandmother right now, and yeah. So my dating life is um, I see I talk to my boyfriend on the phone every now and then. I mostly call him to speak to the dog, to be honest. Of course. Like, like that's what I mostly do. I'm just like, can you please put the dog on the phone? And occasionally going over to see him when I can, but trying not to travel because of everything that's happening. What What are the regulations in Toronto? So, what is it? It's like, I guess we all have to be six feet apart. Um, social distancing rules. We're allowed to go do stuff. They're starting to open stuff. Like, they started opening golf courses and um, you need to wear a mask whenever you travel on the bus or subway. Um, and yeah, they're, they're trying to get everyone tested right now, but nobody's doing it. I don't know what is happening here, to be honest. <laughs> and what's happening protest-wise out in the streets in Toronto? So they were protesting, people have been protesting, and there was like all this, there was this belief that the police, I don't know exactly what, the story was, but it was believed that the police were trying to essentially incite a riot in Toronto. Um, but what happened was, is they started preparing for like riot prep. So they started boarding up all of downtown and they're like, there's going to be a riot. We're ready. We're going we're gonna to get up all, we're going to take all of the rocks from the streets and put, put them in the dump. I don't know. And that's what happened. And all the protests in Toronto have been very, very peaceful but yeah, that's really all that's been happening. Nothing crazy has been happening yet, but things are starting to happen within our entertainment industry. Like what? So, you know, you know what happened with Second City recently? Yeah, kind of, but, but yeah, if you could summarize. Okay, so essentially this comedian, Dwayne Perkins, posted um, a response to a Black Lives Matter post that Second City posted and just basically calling out Second City on its history of anti-Black behavior, a bunch of people went forward. And as a result, the head of Second City stepped down. Um, yeah. And then in our media, there's... I don't know if you guys know who the Malroonies are. Like, um, I just learned this yesterday because my yeah. boyfriend is Canadian. But please, yeah. please, t- tell us. Okay, so I don't... What is her name? I can't remember her name. But she's... So there was... She's married to this guy named Brian Mulroney, and he's a very famous, like, um, like entertainment perf- um, reporter here. And he's also the son of a former prime minister, I think it is. And um, his wife essentially got... His wife is best friends with Meghan Markle. And mm-hmm. essentially, she called out this... She, the, she started threatening this Black woman on um, social media after she was posting just like things about like what's happening and how people need to speak up. And she took it as it was directed to her. And she started threatening her that she was going to like essentially ruin her career. And, and yeah, then that woman like posted the receipts. Yeah. Of that, we posted right? the receipts and like did a video about it. And as a result, the, one of the big media companies here is uh, Bell Media. It's called Bell Media. They have like pulled all of her work from their, what is it? Their apps or like their, whatever it is, whatever it's called. And um, yeah, they're trying to like implement new strategies to like combat this type of behavior in their companies. Let's see if they do it. 
And have you did, have you done time at Second City or did you have? I did. Time? I did do Second City, and I <laughs> dealt with a lot of crazy shit. I was I had taken classes at Second City throughout from like since 2011, and I was in this program called um, it's called the Bob Curry Fellowship, and essentially what it is is it's like they t- essentially. It's like their, what is it called? Like conservatory program, but they do it with like marginalized people. So they have people with disabilities, LGBT people, um, visible minorities like me. And going into this program, I heard a story about the previous year where a student, they found out that a student was a Trump supporter. One of the students was a Trump supporter. It was like this white gay dude. And he started posting all of this like racist shit. And the students had to essentially force the four second city to remove him from the program, but they didn't want to remove him from the conservatory. And when I went into second city, I knew this and a bunch of like weird shit started happening to me. Um, I was in the program and I got moved from that program to understudy on second city main stage. And I did a run of it. It went pretty well. I don't really know. It was my first time doing that kind of thing. And afterwards I was kind of like, I should preface this. I was kind of made to feel the entire time. Like I was like so grateful to be in Second City and do all of this stuff. But going into Second City, I was already established comedian in the in the community. Mm-hmm. But they were still trying to like play this weird game, mind game with me. And a lot of the people that I met there, they had like I felt like they had like this weird thing with me because I was an outsider of the second city community. I was a stand-up comedian and also maybe, I don't know, like weird microaggressive shit that I think happened because I'm black and gay. And anyways, at the end of my run at second city main stage, I got a phone call from this director, the director of something. And they told me that there were reports from the bar and wait staff that I was extremely rude to everybody. Um, They would ask me not to do things and I'll be like, I can do whatever I want. They asked me not to go places I wouldn't listen. And I was just like very rude and a diva to everyone. And none of that ever happened. But then after that, like I never really worked with them again. So I don't know. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? Second city. Yeah. Um, Improv not having a great year either. They're not having a great year. Yeah. No, they're not. Uh, so let's go back to your boyfriend. How long were you two together before pandemic hit and you were kind of living together? We have been dating since 2017. We became official like in 2018 in like July or August. So um, how long have we, had we been living together or like kind of living together at that point? I would say, like, maybe, like, a year, almost. Like, I would almost always be there. So, yeah, for, like, a while. For, like, a while. And how'd you meet? I met him while I was... This is the story. I was working... I was working security at this at these buildings downtown. And I was working at this building that they were planning on demolishing. So, I was the only person in that building. And what happened was, is I had Grindr. And I would um, just go on Grindr. And I... And I would like be like, oh, who's who's here? Who's here? And I would invite guys over to the building to hook up with. And then um, the financial district of Toronto is very horny. I would like to add, like a lot of, I got a lot of, I got a lot of D working at that building. But um, I met him through that app, and 
because he lived down the street and he never he I invited him over to the building but he never came and then we went on a date at a Starbucks like a like a week later and then we have essentially been dating ever since. Wow. When you were when you would have guys come to the building, can you paint that? How did that work? You're you're working security, okay. but yeah, the, yeah. Please. So I'm in the security office, which was in the front of the building. And I was the only person there. And essentially, I would just be like talking to people on the app. And then, um, so I would be like, okay, come to the building. And um, I would have to like, just press like this button so that the door would open. And then the door would open, they would come and they'd be like, oh, hey, like, uh, like, and they didn't know, realize it was me. And then I would be like, oh, it's me. Like, okay, let's, I'll, I'll show you where to go. And then I would take them to like, I don't know, like, uh, like a, a floor or whatever. And we would... We would do some stuff. Right. And never got caught. I never got caught. I never got caught. That is, that's perfect. I never got caught. That's, the, that's you just had, like, that's, yeah. That's just like gay porn fantasy. It's just like, it oh, is. security guard. I know. I, I, I was in uniform too. Your, your now boyfriend didn't take you up on that. I know. He but, was also like straight, like straight at the time, and he had just gotten out of a relationship with a woman. So he was, he, I think, he was like very, like unsure of all of that stuff. So yeah, so maybe that's probably why. I think I was the first guy he ever hooked up with. So oh yeah. wow, and oh, okay. what was it like getting into a relationship with someone who'd never dated a man before? It was. It's honestly, it 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 was weird. It was. A, it has been a work in progress because there was things that like um, like he wasn't fully comfortable with doing, and he wasn't fully comfortable with himself. And it's just like now, like watching him for like a year, like almost two years, coming to his own. Things are a lot better in a lot of aspects in our relationship. But for like the first, like I would say, like year and some, it was kind of difficult. Do you, uh, who was your first, do you? My first Are you comfortable sharing? My your first, first Your first hookup. First oh. hookup, first boyfriend, whatever you feel like talking about. Hmm. Both. I'll, I'll, I'll share the story of my first boyfriend. Um, <laughs> my first boyfriend story is so crazy. So I was, I met this dude on this app and we were both talking and then he was just like, I don't think this is working out, but I'm talking to this other dude and I think you would like him. So I'm going to introduce you guys. And so this man that we both never met introduced us. I think it was on Growler was the app. And we ended up dating. um, We ended up dating for like eight months. And what essentially what would happen was we would, he would like pick me up in his parents' bed. He lived in this, the suburb of Toronto. It's like about like an hour outside called Mississauga. And he would drive there to my house, pick me up in his van. And we would like go... (laughs) This all of these stories make me sound like I'm so ratchet, but I don't care. Um, stop. Shaming <laughs> I don't think so at all. Yeah. We're living vicariously. Yeah. So I would like hook up Bro. with him in his van, in his parents' van, um, in various places, and then whatever happened, um, he was also like kind of like closeted, and he came from like this Greek Orthodox family, so he was very, he was very, what is the word? He was very like he had a lot of internalized homophobia, so he stopped talking to me for like a year and some, and then maybe like a year and a half later, I saw him on the app again and I confronted him and I was just like, yo, like what happened? Like, like, why did you st- like essentially ghost me? Like I thought we were dating. And then he was just like, oh, I was dealing with a lot of stuff. I didn't know how to deal with this. 
And I was like, okay. So then from that point, we started dating again. And this was the summer of 2016, I think. So we started seeing each other. And within two weeks of us seeing each other, we got into this crazy car accident. And this crazy car accident, like, I, it fucked up my back for a little bit. And it was very, like, stressful. And, and it, was, it was a lot. And from then, I was just like, oh, my God, we almost died together. Let's, like, fall in love. I'm in love. Blah, 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 oh, blah. God. So, like, just crazy shit you do in your early 20s. And yeah, so we started dating again. And then it was essentially the same thing again, where it was a lot of like his internalized homophobia. But then I realized that he was also kind of racist. And um, yeah, just one day he, we broke up, he broke up with me. And then, I mean, I'm happy that kind of did happen because at the time I had taken a break from stand-up because a bunch of crazy shit happened within the stand-up scene. We can talk about that too if you want. And okay. yeah, and it relaunched me into doing stand up again. So yeah, good. So thank you, thank you, sir. So you, it sounds like, don't know a dating world without apps. Without apps, yeah, I don't. You're well. I mean, there was cruising back in like my teens. Uh-huh. Like there was that, like a little bit of that, but yeah, mostly it's been apps. Wow. So you've had like a profile bef- really before. You had a boy. How I literally discovered Grinder is a very gay story. I went to see Margaret Cho in 2010 and she started talking about Grinder. And I was just like, oh, and that's how I discovered what Grinder was. was through Margaret Cho. Wow. She's a real leader. Yeah. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you, Margaret. Uh, so tell us that about this um, shakeup in the stand up world that you mentioned. Oh, like, like why I stopped doing stand up for three yeah. years? Okay. So I am the only gay black stand-up comedian in Canada. This is like, it's very crazy. I'm the only gay black stand-up comedian in Canada. So imagine just being in that world and coming up in that and knowing that you are the only person in your entire country who exists like this in your industry. So just dealing with all of that. So the way that the Toronto stand-up community used to work was, um, was essentially run just by like, He's just like hateful, straight white men. And there was this award in this community called the Tim Sims Encouragement Fund. And I was the first black person or the first person of color to have been nominated for it since like 2018. And I was probably maybe less than five that had been nominated for it. And it's like 20 something years history. Anyways, I got nominated for this award and a bunch of these people got super upset and they were like, oh, we're trying to make it multicultural this year, blah, 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 blah. And they would like, they wouldn't let me do their shows, or if they did let me do their shows, they would be like, oh, they did let me do the shows, they would be very, like, they dropped very, like, side side shade. Like, there was this other comic who also got nominated, and they would introduce him, and they would be like, here's someone who actually deserved to be nominated for the award. Jesus. And so that was just the environment that I was in. And Eek. it became too much for me to deal with, because it was just, like, all these people who I thought were my friends essentially turned against me. And made me feel like I didn't belong here and that I was just here because of my of my otherness. So I was just like, I can't deal with it. And I just stopped performing for three years. Um, I went back to school for a little bit. And then I was doing writing stuff. And then in 2016, that shit happened with my boyfriend. And I started taking an improv for anxiety class. And then I started doing stand-up again. Improv for anxiety. Hold, hold the phone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do tell. Oh, improv for anxiety. Tell so us improv, 
So, Info for Anxiety is just like, I guess it's just like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, have you guys ever taken like a Second City class or like an improv class? Oh, yeah. I did improv for a decade with anxiety. With anxiety. So, essentially, it's like those classes. It's like those classes, but it's much slower. And they have like the teachers kind of like a therapist. And basically, after everything you do, they're like, how did you feel? Like, how did you feel? How can you use this? when you're in your anxiety and they would give us kind of like tools that we could use when we're feeling anxious through doing improv and just kind of like learning to like go with the flow instead of like go against the anxiety because it just makes it worse like go through the anxiety instead of trying to block it out did it have a significant effect on you and your performing and anxiety it did i used to be so i was so traumatized from that whole experience and it really helped give me the strength to go to go back to do comedy. So yeah, wow. it did really help me. It, it has really helped me a lot in my life navigate my own anxiety because I do have anxiety like issues, an anxiety disorder. So yeah, it, it it really did help. It did really change my life. Wow. In your did terrible you know, anxiety by the way- for doing improv. Yeah. Oh, it's to me that is if there's a hell, that's what it will be. <laughs> it's terrifying. It <laughs> um, in in your Second City days, did you cross paths oh. with Nadine Dejuri by any chance? Oh my God! You know Nadine? Yes, very Stop, well. Stop! That's my girl. No way! She is that's my, my boyfriend's that's, best friend from high school. That is my home girl i love that girl so much when i was doing under when i was understudying on main stage she was such like uh like i'm getting emotional right now but she was such like an amazing person and was like always so kind and when i was scared to do improv after like improv after the set she would like always hold my hands and like encourage you to do things like i love nadine so much I'm so glad because yeah, when you were that's... talking about your horror stories there, I was like, God, I hope Nadine was not. No, Nadine, sure Nadine was also, be. like, I knew Nadine from the, from, like, that award that I had gotten nominated for, Tim Sims, and, yeah, so that's how I met her originally, but yeah, she's such an amazing person. I love her so much. Oh, she's the best. She's so, so funny. She's so great. I love her. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, so that's what was so coming out like for you in Toronto? Well, let's take it back to, to daycare, you and Drake. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, moving forward from there, what was your coming out experience? What was it like? Um, where do I start with this? So I've always just been myself. I've always just been, like, I would try to, like, cover it up, but I was just like, no, I'm going to be me. Like, a, a lot of it, like, my family has, I've never had to, like, come out to my family. They just know. Like, I remember when I was, like, 11, my my dad would tell me about like, oh, like, you know, like when you're older, you're going to have a partner and blah, 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 blah. Even though I wasn't necessarily like conscious of that, but it was like, I didn't have like a dramatic coming out story. I remember like how I essentially came out to my high school. So what happened was, is like, everyone was pretty cool with it, but essentially what happened was we were doing a play and this play was called Racial Tension and it was for this like culture assembly. So all of the students in it were playing like this family and um, the whole thing of it was like the, like the oldest son it has a boyfriend is in love. So what happened was, is in this play, I'm just like, mom, dad, I'm gay. And that was like the first time I had ever said that. 
And when I said that, the entire school who was in the audience started like clapping. Wow. And they gave me like a standing ovation and it was for like 10 minutes. Like people were just like cheering and like, yes, Brandon, we're so proud of you. We're so proud of you. And I was like, I'm not even like coming. Like I wasn't like, that wasn't me coming out, but they took it as me coming out. And they were like right, so right. happy for me. And just for like 10 minutes, people were like clapping and cheering that I was, that I was gay. That was my. So were you like, well, I guess then that's it. Yeah. I was just like, I okay, didn't. I guess. But I was like secretly low key about it still, because I was just like, oh, I don't want, I was still scared. Maybe somebody would beat me up, but I didn't really deal with a lot of like homophobia or any of like that in high school. That was mostly in like middle school where people would constantly call me like a girl or a sissy because I um, love Sailor Moon. <laughs> Because you have taste. Is what I have taste. Um, so did, were there other queer kids in high school? Did, did you date at all? Was there? Did you have any awareness of them? Um, there was one kid. Uh, there was like a couple kids. It was like my friend who was like my neighbor, this guy named um, Danny. And I knew him. I knew he was gay. But there wasn't really any. There wasn't like a big gay population. There was this one kid when it was gay that I hooked up with in high school. It was at the high school during the, this thing called the Terry Fox run. I don't know if you know what the Terry, what who Terry mm-hmm. Fox was. So Terry Fox is like this, like very influential Canadian figure. And essentially what he did was he had cancer in one of his legs and he had like a, he had it removed. So he had an artificial leg and he decided to, essentially run across Canada and he to raise all this money for cancer. And every year they do like this run, all the schools do like this run in his honor. So while that was happening, I was, I hooked up with this guy in the school and um, then I found out that building in the building. And then I found out that he was like a furry. And then there was like a whole like furry population of my high school. And then I was just like, okay, I can't see you anymore, but (laughs) To identify as a furry in high school. Yeah, there was so a, yeah. progressive. It was the anime high level self actualization. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Damned. Shout out to Western Technical Commercial School. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I love that even then you had a, a, a pattern for like kind of dangerous hookups. In, I know. do have that problem. I do. I am Ariana Grande and Dangerous Woman. That is me. <laughs> that is me. Make, which must make quarantine especially hard for you. You don't have that option. I don't have that option, and I I, I miss it, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Although now all spaces are dangerous spaces. Just in yeah, I just don't want to die, and I don't want to get like my grandmother sick. Although I do think that I probably had COVID. I think I got it when I was in San Francisco in January. So you got really? sick. I got super, super, super sick. Um, I had like this horrible cough. And what happened was, is I lost the ability to hear because, I don't know, something happened to my ears where they filled with, like, mucus. I think it was my eustachian tubes got filled with mucus. And I couldn't hear, and then I lost my ability to smell and taste. But the worst part of it was I was trying to perform and do stand-up, and I couldn't hear laughter, so it just sounded like I was bombing the entire time. And as a stand-up comedian, that's just, like, horrible. So it just, like started fucking with my mind. So I was just like, I need to like take a break from this and actually recover. And then as that happened, everything got shut down. Wow. Holy shit. What's the testing situation up there? Um, so they have testing centers, but it's like weird because all of the testing centers are at hospitals where you're most likely to get it. So I'm just like, I'm kind of like scared to go get tested, but I don't know. I don't know. I want to go do it. Yeah. 
Um, um, and yeah, you know, but it, 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 oh, sorry, Dave, go ahead. No, go. Oh, sorry. I, so, and in all of this, you have recorded a comedy album. I've recorded a comedy album. Yes, I recorded the comedy album in November, and okay. um, yeah, that was actually a very crazy. I have so many crazy stories, but um, literally, like when I recorded my comedy album, I was going to the recording, and my dog like died like right there. And like, I had to like drop him off at the vet and then I had to like go record this comedy album. And I think maybe that like, like the comedy album, I remember it was like the recording. It was like the best performance of my life. And I'm very proud of the album. It's called Capricornication. Capricornication. Yeah. Is that because you're a Capricorn? I'm a Capricorn. I'm a Capricorn. Oh, me too. What's your birthday? Oh my gosh. Hi. Hi. What's your birthday? January 4th. Or January, I'm December 30th. Oh, that's a much more desirable birthday for no, Capricorn. It's not. I, th- I think it's less desirable. See, I have had this conversation with other friends who are on like the 25th and the 30th and the 31st because to me, our collective energy is still going like this until the until New uh-huh. Year's Eve. Like, I know it sucks to be in between yeah. Christmas and New Year's Eve. But January 4th is always like the first day back at work. Everyone is like on a cleanse. I, I guess broke, I can see that. So done with celebrating. But I feel like December 30th is bad because it's five days after Christmas and it's the day before New Year's Eve. So everyone is just like, oh, I'm going to save all of my partying for New Year's Eve. I don't want to spend any money until New Year's Eve. So nobody's going to care right. about your birthday. So that's right. how kind of how that's how I remember my dad when I was a kid. My dad was just like, you can try to have a birthday. Probably nobody is going to come because it's five days after Christmas and the day before New Year's. And ever since then, I was just like, okay, that's accurate. Yeah. yeah like it's a wash. But for uh-huh. you, you need to, uh, when, if we can ever have parties again, just have New Year's Eve parties and clean them for yourself. I should do that. I should do that. I don't know why I haven't done that. Oh, look at, listen to this nice dog. Who's this dog? That's Finn. That's Dave's sweet, sweet Muppet. He's cute as could be. Uh-huh. Um, when we're in studio, we well, both shut up. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry. We we can't skip over. Oh, there he is. Uh-huh. I mean, can you believe that this is? Oh my god, not a Muppet. There he is. He's so there cute. He is. Let's get that screenshot. He's okay, so cute. Coming to the door. He kind of looks like a bigger version. I'm of very sorry dog. that he's barking. I know things are lo-fi in this COVID universe, but he needs to shut uh-huh. the fuck up. No, anyway, he's a sorry. member of the homophilia family. Wait, wait, so, However, Brandon, he, he looks like the yeah. dog that you lost, right? That I lost, yeah. He looks like my oh, dog, Baba. Oh, but now I have to so have my... That's fine. But I, still, I have my boyfriend's oh, dog. Her name, is, her name is Science. Um, she's a husky. Science. And Cute. yeah, I love her. She's amazing. So it. do you think that you were more... Like, do, you were able to just sort of be more vulnerable and raw when you I think so because... I think I was able to turn off all of my anxiety and all of that stuff because of what I was essentially going through because I remember immediately after the performance I just completely like 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 was like beside myself because I right. had my dog since I was 13 and oh, I have God. had him through like every oh, single God. moment in my life so to then have lost him at that point was like crazy was like the worst night of but my then, life but also like the best night of my life it, and it's also like every performance and or sports movie of all time you're like yeah it literally that is like yeah it is that you're emotionally tuned in uh-huh. 
But I'm happy. I'm proud of this album. I'm going to be the first gay Black Canadian to release a comedy album. And with everything going on right now, I'm going to donate 100% of like the first month of proceeds, which is when most the first month of sales, when which is when most of my sales will occur, to Black Lives Matter Toronto and these two other charities that are doing work for um, LGBTQ2S, um, Indigenous and Black people in Canada. Awesome. And awesome. Where, where can people find it? People can find it. It's available. It's going to be available on all of the like streaming platforms like Apple, Spotify, Tidal, all that ish. If you buy it directly from the website, then we get all of the money from that. So all of that money will go to these charities. Great. So that's where and my should. label will also be matching all of them, all of the sales. So that's good, too. Excellent. Love it. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Brandon Ash Muhammad, thank you so much for being here. 